Welcome back to the Always Aggressive Podcast, Season 3, kicking off right now, dropping dropping our, our three bombs here, uh, wrong sport, but right season. Uh, fellas, great to have you. I'm, I'm Corey, that's Tana, that's Coach, and uh, we are excited to get this thing cranked back up after a short summer, but uh, hopefully a, a really good summer. Uh, we'll, we'll talk about the summer a little bit yep. later on. Um, you know, speaking of good things, we're going to kick off the show talking about uh, the, the Olympics in Tokyo. That was a very good thing. I heard there was some really important wrestling going on for a while there. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, uh, and a lot of fun and a lot of great coverage of it as well. Um, very impressed with NBC. We'll give them, you know, their, their plaudits as, as the show unfolds. But, but, you know, overall, um, it's the biggest stage in the sport. And uh, it was really good to see, to see USA wrestling perform so well uh, in Tokyo. Yeah, no, it was awesome. Uh, you, you spoke about the coverage. You know, the only thing bad about it was there was so much that you got very little sleep, right? I mean, you yeah. started late. The timing was brutal. Yeah, you watched the early rounds, and then you're up early in the morning again at like 5 a.m. to watch for three more hours. I, I was crushed by the end of the week. <laughs> um, just so happy, though, that, um, you know, the men and women of USA Wrestling made it, made it easy to watch, you know, because there was so much going on and so much success generally that it was a lot of fun <clears throat> yeah the uh the time schedule was 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 brutal you know it would start at 10 p.m eastern uh watch till about midnight and then you know pick back up at 5 15 a.m so uh you know this is the byproduct of having the olympics on the other side of the world right uh luckily uh the next couple should be a little bit more reasonable um but then we'll go back we'll have to do that again in 2032 when they go to australia so good times um, just, but just yeah, testing I, your commitment, really. That's all it is. Yeah, 100%. That's right. And I am not going to lie. I skipped a lot of the semifinals. In fact, yep. I skipped all of the semifinals because yep. 515 is not in my wheelhouse. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, you know, luckily the replays were all online and you could watch. And, and uh, yep. no, like, like Corey said, hats off to, hats off to NBC for, um, for having that all available mm -hmm. and, you know, the, the, the digital, the digital streaming age is definitely good for all of us. For sure. No doubt. And as somebody who um, does digital streaming for a living, love <laughs> normalize it as much as possible. We Take need it from Corey. It's we're keeping, we're keeping Corey employed, ladies and gentlemen, this is what it's about. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, you know, let's start off. Uh, let's start off with the women. Um, they had an incredibly successful performance, uh, you know, sent six over there, uh, four came home. Did, did yep. four come home with medals? Is that right? Four came home with medals. Yeah. With, you know, a gold, a silver, two bronze, um, really, yep. really impressive for, uh, for coach Steiner and his crew, uh, you know, just a, just a really impressive, you know, and, and this is coming from somebody, I, I haven't watched a lot of women's wrestling. You know, it's an NCAA emerging sport. Mm -hmm. um, it is it is really coming onto the scene more and more. We have a lot of, you know, really young, talented women who are mm -hmm. establishing themselves and coming up, you know, coming up through the ranks, especially, you know, they, they, they just left the junior world team just left for Russia. And there's some there's some really talented young women on that. In fact, one from Indiana yeah. and, um, you know, but but getting to watch them compete at that level for me personally was uh was pretty incredible 
Yeah, and I think the, the the fun part about the Olympics is it's it's always a matter of timing for for these Olympic sports because we talk about you know they they're you know they're training behind the scenes for four years right in this case five years to get to this point and then you've got to have the result you've got to you know you've got to capture the moment and so for somebody like uh, Tamira Mensa Stock right like a lot of people know about her her personality and her energy right it's just kind of an infectious you know positive person and, and but she showed the whole world in a huge moment what that is and I think she's really going to be able to capitalize on that as will women's wrestling right I mean that was a that was a big moment for not only her but, but women's wrestling and so you have somebody who has that kind of charisma uh who owns the limelight that that can now capitalize on it uh, Adeline Gray you know probably a bit of a disappointment for her right I mean as good as she's been to, to not win an Olympic title. Although, hey, you know, Silver's awesome. I'm not, not saying she didn't perform well. Uh, all kudos to her. But I'm sure, you know, she was, you know, viewed as the, the gold medalist coming out of that. But such a smart person, great representative of the sport, right? So you have, you know, some great representatives of Team USA that really captured the moment quite nicely. And all of the women did. You know, they, they all did a, a great job and represented themselves very well. So, so proud of what they did. Uh, Coach Steiner, you know, he's been doing a great job for years. So, so awesome to see them continue to kind of move forward with progress. And I think two, two cool notes. Um, you, you talked about Adeline, Adeline Gray taking silver. I thought her, um, her interview after losing the gold medal match um, was something that everyone should aspire to. Yep. She, um, you know, she handled it with such grace and such class um, and was so appreciative for the opportunity and the fact that, you know, she, she brought up, she brought an Olympic medal home. Like that's, yes. that's incredible, you know? And so yeah. I was, I was incredibly impressed by her. Um, and then, you know, the personality in Tamira Mensa stock and what she, she is going to be a superstar. I mean, and that's saying that she's not one already, which is ludicrous right. considering she just won a gold medal. But um, I mean, she, she is a media darling and, is amazing um i read somewhere that in the 24 hours after her gold medal match that she picked up like a hundred thousand followers on instagram or something like that it was it was unreal like you talk about the social media boom and all that stuff that goes yep. with it. her marketability you know we're in the nil age like it went from here to here mm -hmm. like just yep. you know overnight and so um i thought that was just incredible and she's going to be a phenomenal ambassador for the sport, um, you know, not just for women's wrestling, just for wrestling, period. You know, she's, yeah. she's fantastic. No, I, I think you're right. And that's the great thing about it is you have tremendous people at the forefront right now of the sport. It's kind of like having Jordan, what Jordan, you know, was and is, and we all saw his coverage too, right? People who represent the sport in such a way that it's, it's just uh, really promotes it in a very positive light. And, and these women, uh, Tamira, Adeline in particular, um, have done it very well. And I'm sure we'll continue to do it. Uh, I know the other thing too, is uh, we've got a couple of girls, right? Kayla and, and Sarah uh, with Indiana connections, mm -hmm. even Sarah Hildebrandt who uh, had the bronze medal, uh, uh, Brad Harper uh, up at Penn high school has, has been her coach or personal coach for a number of years. So to see her medal uh, and with Brad, with his urban swirl, you know, shirt on there. Um, I got to say that I talked to him this morning, just congratulating him and, and checking to see, you know, how he's doing now that he's back. But, um, but yeah, he's, he's always a ball of energy. And, and so it was nice to see 
the the Indiana connections as well. You know, uh, representing themselves and doing well in the moment too. Uh, those are those are girls that'll you know going to be there for the foreseeable future as well. For sure. Um, for those that don't know, Brad Harper is a Purdue wrestling alum. Um, really cool to see him. And it was really funny. Like he, he made the most of his coverage of urban swirl. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> the camera was on him a bunch up in the stands and he was, you know, like you said, he's a ball of energy. The guy was up there supporting everybody from, from, you know, the men, the women, the Greco, the freestyle, everybody. And, and he, I mean, he must've packed seven or eight different urban swirl shirts because I mean, <laughs> they were different colors and every, I mean, he was, he was really, uh, he was taking yeah. advantage of that free publicity. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. And so that, that's, that's fun, right? Like you just see, and, and we've, we've had a lot of Indiana representatives uh, on world teams and, and Olympic teams now here. So uh, that is exciting for the sport of wrestling in the state of Indiana as well. And so uh, I just can't say enough about, again, kind of the, the momentum they've created and we're appreciative uh, of, of their efforts to do so. Absolutely. Uh, let's transition to, no, 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 before, sorry, before we move on from the women, uh, Tony, you talked on it. You, you, you talked on it a little bit, Tammy, you mentioned that women's wrestling is an emerging sport in the NCAA and uh, really trying to, trying to get some traction there. Do you think that this can be the launching pad for something big? I mean, it, if not this, then what, you know, with, with personalities like this and, and, and these kinds of, yeah. of, of women performing so well on, on the world's biggest stage, can this really do more than anything to elevate the, the, the sport of women's wrestling in America? I think the timing's right. I, I do. So yeah, you're just incredibly hopeful that it can, and, and you're starting to believe in, in what it is, you know, because as I said, it's, it's all about timing. You need, you need the opportunity Right. Tamira needed the opportunity and she she came through and, and performed well. And now who she is, the whole world gets to see that same for all of these women. Right. So it's, it's always timing. So, uh, again, it's another moment, another opportunity where you feel like, boy, they, they they came through in a big way. And you hope this is the springboard forward for everyone. Um, the only thing that keeps me in limbo about it. Right. Where you would say, you know, what could slow it down is. You're, you're coming out of COVID and, and everybody's trying to recover a bit, right, financially. Uh, and there's just a lot going on in college athletics th that you just don't know, right? So that's the environment's the only thing that keeps me from saying you're, you're going to see all of these teams popping up. Uh, that part, it, because there's a fiscal element to it, you don't know. We'll see as things continue to recover and get back, more back to normal. But certainly, uh, I think they've really done well uh, in the moments they've had to put themselves in position to, to do it. And I think, I think, you know, you talk about the fiscal element, you know, and the, the difficulties of the situation in the college, college athletics right now. Um, but the other side of it is, you know, if you've already got a men's program, I don't see women's wrestling as a huge financial commitment for a department. You know, it's yep. a fairly low budget sport. Mm -hmm. um, you know, you, especially if you've already got mats, if you've already got, you know, the, the room, if you've already got some of these facilities in place for a men's team, you know, you're looking at, I mean, scholarships are obviously expensive. Uh, you know, you got to have salaries for your coaches, but I mean, when it look, when you're looking at equipment and facilities, like it's, it's, it's a low investment. I think it's uh, I think it's got a lot of potential. No doubt. No, no, massive potential. We've just got to have some people start to kind of, you know, be the first. Yep. Especially for at sure. Division one level. You know, you've seen the growth 
right at the, at the lower smaller level school institutions where uh you know it's it's enrollment driven right you need to have some of these larger d1 institutions who are not as dependent on a, enrollment at such a high level to really uh take the leap and, and make a push forward absolutely uh let's transition to greco um usa did not perform as well as in greco as they did in the freestyle events um but it's a it's an interesting conversation. You know, there's been a lot of talk about it on a lot of different channels. Um, you know, Erzlin and I have had some arguments here in the yeah. in the office regarding it. You know, he you know me being the basketball guy, he he likes to yell at me and tell me, "Well, you just don't understand Greco." And it's like, no, I, you're right, I don't. <laughs> but um, uh, it's uh, it, it's an interesting position for 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 the U.S. and for uh, for the sport. No doubt. And, and, and listen, I even, you know, I, I joke here now because I tell you, you don't understand Greco. Listen, I don't completely understand Greco. Either. I'm not an expert in Greco. I appreciate the aspects of Greco, right? The hand fighting and positional things right. that come along and that can make a complete, complete wrestler. So I appreciate that, uh, you know, from the, from the sense of the sport. But but being an expert in Greco, by no means, you know, I, I, I certainly don't understand the finer points of Greco. Um, you know, I, I know we're all searching when you come out and you don't um, you know, win at the level you need to or want to. You know, there's always lots of questions, uh, you know, for the Greco coaches in the program. And at the end of the day, I know we've got hardworking coaches. I know a lot of those guys, they put in the hours are working their tail off and and they're doing everything they can to to uh, push Greco forward. So I'm, I'm not really sure kind of what the answer is. I mean, the main thing you can point to is we spend so much of our time in folk style here. Uh, you know what I mean? Um, which is completely different. It's a different sport. And, and even freestyle mirrors those, those tactics and techniques a lot closer than Greco. So you, you're at a point where, well, we're just behind, right? Um, a lot of times we're behind in, in experience and, and techniques and years of wrestling Greco and, how do we make up that, that time? And that's where I honestly, I don't, I, I don't have an answer. And I would be hesitant to point a finger to anybody because from what I know, these guys work their tail off. They're very hardworking, dedicated to their craft people. And so, uh, you know, I will leave, I will leave them to, to think about where they can make their improvements and how to make the jumps that they need to, 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 to have the medals they, they work so hard for. For sure. Um, you know, my issue was, you know, and this is, this is the conversation I had earlier with Tony was the fact that, um, you know, I've seen fun Greg. I've seen the, I've seen the clips online, you know, you, you know, yeah. flow posts, some track posts, some, you see, you know, guys lifting each other and throwing them in the air and, and so on and so forth. And there, it can be a really cool sport. Um, it was not in this Olympics, you know, there yeah. were not a lot of points from neutral, um, you know, it turned into a, it turned into a gut wrench competition. I think Willie Saylor said that on, on Twitter at one point. And so that, um, you know, I tried to watch it a couple of times and it just, it wore me out. I was like, eh, I, you yeah. know, this is, this isn't something I'm, you know, especially at five fifteen in the morning, I'm not trying, <laughs> I'm not trying to get up and watch that. You know, I was, no. I was more apt to watch the women or watch the, the men's freestyle. Well, I think the, the forced parterre, right. Was designed to, <clears throat> it's on the board. I mean, that's what it was designed to do. Uh, I think we'd all like to see a little more action uh, from the feet in terms of attacks, throws, and those things. But the, I, my understanding is they, they put the force parterre in to create the exciting lifts and opportunities for points. 
you just didn't see as many of those maybe as, as maybe what they expected. You know, the techniques and tactics change all the time from year to year in the way countries approach winning. I mean, remember, their job is to win. Mm -hmm. They're not thinking about how can I make this as necessarily, I guess, most exciting for the fans. They're thinking about how can I get my hand raised within the rules that, I, that I'm given. And so, you know, I think, you know, they're, they're changing their tactics and now maybe – UWW have to find ways to force guys to create action that's going to appeal to the fans, you know, appeal to the masses. Um, but there was some good action. I mean, Tanner and I were joking. It, what was it? Snoop Dogg and Kevin Hart doing <laughs> commentary uh, during the Greco match. Of, there was a lift and a cartwheel. You know what I mean? And if we could play it, I, I would because I, I'd be crying hysterically again. Oh, man. But it for was, anybody uh... out there. Go to uh, Tanner. Can you tell these people how to see it? Because I think they need to go watch it. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if you can Google it or what, but it's out there. There's a segment where 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 Snoop and Kevin Hart are, you know, they're giving commentary on on a Greco-Roman match, and it is it is tear-inducing. Like it is you, it is funny, and um, you know that. There's my suggestion, Tony. You ready for my suggestion on how yeah, to make ahead. Greco more watchable? Go ahead. Let's let, Kev, let's let Kevin Hart and Snoop commentate. Let's I'm sorry, I, I stole your idea. You're right. I, hey, I, I'm telling that. you, I would watch. If those dudes could make me laugh like that during every Greco match, I'm watching. Yeah. No, the 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 the, the dialogue was awesome. I, I, I was crying before they were done. Oh, it's unreal. That's unreal. Corey, have you okay. seen it? I have. I was amazed those two could keep it family friendly for, for <laughs> three minutes, you know. Uh, no, that was a great segment that NBC did throughout the Olympics. It, it just it touched wrestling special with that with that Greco match. That was amazing. The equestrian one was funny, too. I don't know yes. if you guys saw that one. Yes. I'll have to find that for Tony, too. There's there's an equestrian one that's pretty entertaining. See, and I love the horses, too. I watched a lot of equestrian going off track here. I watched a lot. I'm kind of an Olympic junkie, though. So, Me too. man, I watched. I watched the dressage, which is basically dancing horses. You know what I mean? You know, I, I watched the, 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 the uh, cross country uh, event jumping. I mean, mm -hmm. it all. So uh, I'm telling you, I'm glad the Olympics are over. Cause it really, it really beat me up from a sleep standpoint. <laughs> yeah, I can, I can, if you're watching equestrian, then yes, it did. Yes, it did. <laughs> so, um, last and certainly not least, uh, USA had an incredible freestyle showing uh you know we qualified five weights um oh did everybody come home with a medal everybody medal buddy five. that's all five that's pretty impressive i mean i mean those nine nine between the the men and the women mm -hmm. so um nine it was uh you know it i think the cool part for me was having seen most if not all of these guys you know over my last 15 years wrestle uh, collegiately, you know, for their various institutions. And, um, but yeah, it was, it was pretty amazing to watch, uh, watch all those guys fight their way onto the yep. podium. Mm -hmm. No, nah, very, I'll tell you what, very impressive performance as well. You know, you talk about the, the women and then the men, uh, you know, equally as impressive, you know, I mean, I, it was awesome. Um, uh, I thought Thomas Gilman uh, looked looked very strong, aggressive. He's always been in shape and aggressive, but but he was really uh, after his points and scoring maybe a little more points than I've seen him in the past. And so that that was that was impressive. Um, I was really I was really impressed with Gilman's Peaky Blinders haircut. Personally, that was <laughs> that was me. 
but he was an animal. See, I don't yeah. even watch Peaky Blinders. Oh, so man. Now you used a reference I can't even draw from. Don't get can't sucked in. Don't. I, I won't come don't, out. Oh, it's it's so good, but man. Yep. Yep. <laughs> but yeah, no, it it was good. Um, I mean, what can you say about last second victories as well, right? I Ooh. mean, that was the big thing. I mean, you know, <laughs> historic uh, moments. Yeah, how Gable Stevenson, you know what I mean? Uh, you know, and, and there's a lot of debate, right? Um, I don't even know if it's debate because I fall on the side. I agree. The rules don't permit him to let that guy up. You know, mm. the, the official yeah. keep him down, right? That's kind of, that's been the rule. But he it happened. And my man did not waste the opportunity, did he? He can't undo it. Manage. Yep. And I think, you know, the funny thing is, uh, maybe a lot of athletes can learn from uh, the Georgian where I don't think he got himself back together quick enough because no. he, if you see, he gave up the takedown and in his mind, he's like, okay, I'm going to finish on parterre. He will not turn me. I'm more comfortable down here Dean up and I won't get turned. Clock will expire. And when the official put him up, you saw him look up at the official, like, what are you doing? Really? Like, no, I'm supposed to be down. And I don't think mentally he got back in to the moment, like I'm supposed to be wrestling again. You know, he was still stunned. Like, wow, I should still be down. What are you doing? And he never got himself back together and, and Gable took, took advantage. So, so I think there's something there for a lot of young wrestlers to learn. Like you, you got to prepare in those ways. Cause you just never know. It almost felt like he was resigned to that. You know, when, when Gable got that last shot, you know, in the closing seconds, I won't say the dude gave up, but it, it, it didn't feel like he was doing all he could to fend off the shot. You know, yeah, he was waiting for the clock to expire. Yeah, he was definitely waiting. And like I, like I said, I think he couldn't move fast enough. No. He didn't think he should be on his feet. I don't think he ever recovered. Yeah. He, you know, he gave up the takedown and thought, I'm going to D up down here in parterre and, and Gable will not turn me mm -hmm. and finish as Olympic champ. And when he got brought up, Boy, he he didn't get into the moment again. He was not ready to wrestle on his feet. And you're you're right. It, it was it looked too easy, mm -hmm. too easy. Um, but but hey, you know, in that moment, it's it's could have also been easy for Gable to be like, uh, one second left. I've lost. It's not mine. And and he no, he believed. He didn't. I mean, he believed. He ran it down and what got on top with about six tenths, maybe it was under a second. Yeah, yeah I was say I thought it was more like two. Like two tenths. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's it was crazy. crazy. So, so props to Gable. Um, and then clearly like, you know, uh, Taylor, you know, David. Yeah. Wow. At the end as well. Like that just, you know, shows you why they are who they are. You know, they, they're going to wrestle the whole time. They're going to use the full six minutes and, and they're going to believe in what they're doing. So it's a lot, a lot of fun to see that. Yeah. No day. I thought, you know, David Taylor, again, you talk about a guy got to watch him up close and personal for a lot of years and then to watch him go out there and, you know, it's been a crazy journey for him. And the fact that, you know, he was, you know, he's at 74 behind Burroughs for, for years and, and couldn't break through and, you know, moved up to 86 and, and that's where he's got, you know, that's where he won his gold. Yeah. Yeah. I, I was thinking the same thing about, uh, about Kyle Dake, you know, he, kind of a, <clears throat> kind of a tweener at the Olympic weight level stage and, and, you know, also couldn't break through cause, cause of JV and, Yep. You know, to stay that disciplined for a decade to say, okay, my time's going to come. Yeah. I'm yep. going to get my opportunity. And then, you know, 
the gut-wrenching loss that he had, having to wait to see if he was going to going to get yeah. back. It, it, but, you know, he still came home with, with some hardware. It, he did. Phenomenal mental fortitude. And it's yeah. interesting to me, Tony, because, like, when, you know, when Dake lost, you're looking at the bracket and you're like, man, he's not going to get dressed for a medal. Chimizo's right there. You know, he's going to, he's going to be in the finals. He's going to wrestle Sitikoff for the gold, like type of deal. Like you kind of resign yourself to the idea of like, oh man, like what's, what happened? And then sure enough, the guy that, the guy that beat Kyle turned around and, and beats Chimizo. And, and so it was, it was a, uh, it was a crazy moment. It, it just goes to the show though, right? Uh, how, competitive the world is there are so many good wrestlers out there uh you just can't ignore you know that that anybody's a lock you know what i mean and, and with the lack of and now they do have separation but the lack of seating right and how that really works i mean it's not really true seating you know and, and it's just who, who's going to wrestle i think we've talked about <clears throat> going to talk about that yeah. but um you know it it you can't overlook anybody in that small of a bracket with that quality of a field and so it was nice to see that, that again, Kyle had an opportunity and he didn't waste it. You know what I mean? And, and, and similar, I would say for, uh, uh, for Gilman going back to him, because think of the gut wrenching loss he had, you, you had the Russian, uh, who, who just squeaked by in the first two rounds, it looked like the weight cut was hurting him. You know what I mean? And, and he got stronger, you know, as he got into the finals and away from the way and he looked better and stronger, uh, but you know, you're, you're Gilman, you lose first round and, and you've got to still, you know, re regather quickly. You know, you've got to gather yourself quickly and say, okay, now my job's to get, you know, get bronze. That's what I got to do because you may have just spent the last four or five years of your life thinking about gold, right? That's, that's how you got to think. That's how you got to train. You got to think like an Olympic champ. You got to train like an Olympic champ and then through whatever, I've got to readjust. I've got to, I've got to, Hey, I can still, I got to get what I can get. Yeah. And they did that. And then props to those guys for keeping their heads up and, and, uh, and coming back strong and, and uh, representing themselves, like I said, making the most of that opportunity. Uh, only guy we haven't touched on probably is, uh, is Kyle Snyder yeah. who took silver in 97. Um, yep. you know, that the, the buildup to that gold medal match was, was pretty incredible and the, and the match definitely didn't disappoint. No, it was, you know, it, it, it's a great match. Uh, it always will be right. Those guys, you know, they're, they're both going to go back to the drawing boards and, and figure some things, some things out. So, you know, I just, that's a coin flip to me. Every time you walk out, you know what I mean? Nobody separated themselves. I, I know Sajulai, right. Is kind of the pound for pound guy in a lot of people's eyes. <coughs> And he's won the last couple. And the, the margins uh, are so small for victory there that, I, you know, to me, it's, it's who's, who's right on that day, you know, I and mean, maybe just a little cleaner with their tactics or, or kind of how they're approaching their match. So uh, it's, that's going to be a heck of a, a heck of a rivalry for a long time. I hope you hope, right. That that continues to for years to be something we get to watch. Absolutely. Um, <clears throat> I'd love to hear everybody's take on this. Who, uh, who had the most impressive Olympic wrestling performance? Corey, you got, you got a take? Uh, I mean, for me, it's, it's Gable, no doubt. Like the dude was just 
he rolled everyone to the finals. And then he had the most dramatic, you know, most impressive win. Wasn't that the, the, the guy he was wrestling was like a three-time world champion in, in the finals, if I'm not mistaken. Petrosvili had won the last three. He'd won the last three world titles. So he is undeniably the greatest in the world. And it didn't matter. It didn't matter yeah. to, to, to Gable. He went out there and, and got the gold, you know, got – he, he was not defeated. He was not mentally defeated. It, it just what he did to those guys in the early rounds was phenomenal. Demoralizing. Just unbelievable. He won his first two matches in less than six minutes combined. Like, bro, this is the Olympics. You're not supposed to be able to do that. And he did it and he didn't break a sweat. And it was awesome. It was just really, it was so cool because we all thought he's good. You know, we know he's great. But we need to see that he's he's all time great. He's fantastic. It was so yeah. cool to see. Oh, and he's twenty one years old. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> all right, we could do a whole nother show on uh, forecasting his future because there's so many interesting opportunities for uh, for a heavy out there. You know, I'm sure he's got a lot of people staying tuned to see what he's going to do. Uh -huh. So I'm sure. Uh, I would say for me, uh, it, it well, it's, it's a tie. I think what uh, Tamira Mensah-Stock did and how she captivated, uh, you know, probably the world uh, and, and the way she did it and, and kind of her energy, it was a really big high. And then I'd say Gable as well, right? Just pick one from each who, who really, I think, capitalized on and captivated us, you know, as we're watching them. Um, yeah, that, I would go with those two for me. Nobody yeah, you guys, you, guys, you guys stole everything I could have. What happens you let us go first. On any of that. Well, well, I mean, right. Like everybody else. I mean, um, you know, David, you know, obviously it's been great uh, with Yazdani, but um, you know, he's beat him before and they've seen each other. Uh, and Adeline, like I said, she's, she's been a staple, a fixture in there. So um, yeah, I think, I think those two uh, were, were, were great uh, uh, moments for the United States wrestling. Absolutely. Just, just with um, the asterisk for, uh, like we talked about off the top, NBC's coverage, you know, to devote, to devote that kind of time and yeah. those kind of resources to this sport. Um, yeah. Also, Jordan and uh, Jordan Burroughs and John Smith. I'm glad you brought that up because as you were talking, that's what I was thinking is we should probably throw a shout out to those guys. Yeah. They were, yeah. yeah, they were awesome. They were phenomenal. Yep. I know they got a lot of Twitter love too. Like everybody loved what they were doing and appreciated what, what they were doing. And so uh, certainly I, I felt the same way, you know, um, you know, John's very insightful, got a lot of experience. And so, you know, you kind of really enjoy listening to his years of experience and what guys need to maybe be doing or thinking in certain moments. And then I've always just felt like, you know, JB is, you know, uh, got that charismatic delivery about him. You know what I mean? Uh, very well-spoken. And, and then obviously what, what he kind of brings in terms of, uh, you know, his, his honors and awards, you know, carries a lot of weight as well. So I thought they did a tremendous job. I would even say, and I cannot remember their names, but the two uh, color commentators who were with them did, did great. It was just one. It was just one. And I can't okay. think of his name either, but he was great. Well, they had a woman though in studio with JB. You're right. Okay. Yes. Uh, and my wife and I, Carol, were even talking about it. She's like, she, I thought she did a great job personally of asking some very insightful questions and seem like genuinely really interested in 
having a candid discussion about wrestling. You know, sometimes you get people who don't understand wrestling and it's just ask the question and on we go. And I really enjoyed uh, her and Jordan's commentary uh, conversations in studio. And then I know the gentleman was working with John, you know, uh, during the matches. So yeah, I I thought they did a great job. Uh, Two, two things that I'd like to add on that too, as well. Um, Starting with, with uh, coach Smith, uh, he, and I say that purposefully because he could not take the coach out of himself yeah. watching him call. And, and I, I love that they didn't try and make him, you no. know what I mean? Like they just let him do him yep. and watching him like essentially coach wrestlers, um, on the coach, coach, the officials, put the whistle in your pocket. Yes. Oh man. He, uh, <laughs> You know, I think he he gave people kind of like a, a behind the scenes look at what coaches are like during matches. Like it was, it was. I mean, I and, and I could only visualize as he's calling these matches. I'm visualizing him leaning and doing the, you know, the the, the coach moves yep. as he was yep. calling the matches too. So two moments. I'm glad you brought this up, and we're probably getting not a long winded here. This <laughs> is the fun stuff. But there was two moments with Coach Smith that I really enjoyed. One was when uh, I think uh, Thomas Gilman collar tied, maybe the Iranian hard, and uh, and the official blew the whistle and waved his finger at him, and 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 John goes, ah, caution, caution for what? Collar tying? He's been doing that his whole life. Like you know, I, I thought, I was like, you know, you could just tell he was irritated with the stop, mm-hmm. <laughs> with the whistle in your pocket. And then the sure. other moment, which was uh, was out on Twitter, I know a lot was when JB brought up scared money don't make money. And John, John brought that up. Um, I, I love that. So I've never heard that before. I, I like that. Who said that? Scared <laughs> money don't make money. So I mean, there's just yeah, there's a lot of fun things in there too that a person you know you were just entertained listening. That that uh, yeah, I thought were, were, was great. Pretty funny. Um, the other thing I wanted to kind of comment on was, um, you know, I talked about uh, Adeline Gray and her her. Uh, you know, her polish and grace and dealing with the situation, man, did JB for a guy who wanted to be there mm-hmm. and we, you know, and, and, you know, was very close to being there. Right. Yep. Um, for him to step back and be able to perform the way he performed as a broadcaster, like that had to be hard sure. for him there had to be some very difficult moments in watching somebody else go out there and do what he wanted to be doing. Um, and, and he was fantastic about it. Like he showed, he showed the utmost, like, you know, relaxed, you know, polish for lack of a better word. No, I would, I would completely agree. He, uh, but, but, but not surprising, I guess. Right. Like, I know you bring that up and you mention it and it's all true. Uh, at the same time, that's not surprising to me, you know, just based on who he is and, and who he's been and, and kind of, kind of how he's grown as a person over the years from the young athlete when he was first at Nebraska to, to now, you know, where he's at in his life with his family. And, you know, it looks like he's pretty at peace with things. Um, doesn't mean the fire's not still burning. I mean, I know he's in there, you know, uh, he's got goals and, uh, and he's that guy who, you know, he'll get you, you know, don't, don't sleep on him. He'll, he'll get you. So, um, but 
but I, I would always just like you, you spoke about with Adeline, you know, the grace and the polish and, and the way he conducts himself. Um, not surprising at all. And, and just, you know, nice to see that. I think he's putting himself in position for, for more career opportunities down the road whenever he does hang it up. I would, uh, I would imagine so. It for sure. probably, it probably helped that they were calling from, uh, from offsite that they weren't allowed to be in the arena. Uh, I believe they were in Miami doing those calls in a broadcast center as NBC did with a lot of their coverage. Um, but yeah, yeah, he's definitely got a future for whenever he decides to, to leave the shoes on the mat that last time. Um, yeah, just closing the loop is Jason Knapp. That is the name of the play by play man. Thank uh, you. With them. Awesome. And, and I thought the best thing that, that, uh, that he did during the coverage and uh, young broadcasters could learn a lot from this is he stayed the hell out of the way. You, you, you bring, you know, you call what needs to be called and then you let the experts do their thing. And he did a great job of that. So kudos, kudos yep. around the, around the horn there. I know we wanted to talk a little bit, Tony, about. One sec, can I say one yeah, more yeah, thing, yeah. Corey? Um, what we're talking about broadcasters and we're talking about voices and whatnot. I did want to give a shout out to Jason Bryant. Jason Bryant was the PA announcer, you know, mm-hmm. a former, former guest on the show and a, a friend of the podcast. Um, Jason was in, to, you know, talk about people not being in the, in the venue. Yeah. Uh, Jason was the PA announcer uh, in the venue for the wrestling. And uh, it was pretty cool to uh, hear his voice on, on television, you know, calling out the various, uh, you know, the medalists and calling people to the mat and so on and so forth. It was, it was pretty wild. Yeah. Yep. Jason is dedicated as they come. So Corey, I apologize by all means, transition. That's good. We were gonna. We've been talking a lot about about JB and and Tony. You know, um, having coached someone who who achieved at that level, having coached someone who goes on to win Olympic gold. Just what's that? What's that like to 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 be on the early stages of somebody's great career development like that? Yeah, I think you know it's it's. Uh... It's what makes you really excited about coaching because it shows you what's what's possible, right? I mean, you you had a young athlete. Most people probably know about JB's story. It was an instant success, right? Like his freshman year, you know, um, there was a lot of adversity in his career. So to watch a guy uh, climb, you know, from it wasn't wasn't at greatness, right? At the first step of the mountain and, and take ownership of his career and and find you know, uh, new ways to get better and all these little details and to continue to motivate himself year after year was, was exciting in terms of it just keeps you motivated as well, because you have an athlete who's, who's taking your advice. And I don't mean just mean he had a, a lot of people, right. Coach Manning, coach Snyder, and those guys around him, but he would take all the things you would give him and he would, he would, you know, use them and, and get better with them and come out with his own version of, of, you know, who he wanted to be within what you were kind of trying to do. And it just was exciting. I just, I just, it was incredibly motivating for me to, to be on that ride. And you learn as much from those guys as you, as you teach them too, right? Like, you know, you, you kind of figure out as a, as a young guy, I've always said this, you try to impart a lot of knowledge and you always want to be talking and coaching, but as you get older, you know, sometimes just sitting back, watching, listening to your kids, they'll tell you, where they need to go or what needs to happen. And then you can, you can help guide them and mentor them in that way. And, and so I just felt like I learned as much from, from JB um, as, as uh, you know, as hopefully the, the few things he learned from me, but, but incredibly motivating 
um, and keeps that passion going when you have guys that are on that journey and on that ride. I think uh, a fun follow-up to that, Tony, you know, in addition to coaching guys like Jordan Burroughs and James Green and Jake Herbert, you know, guys that have achieved at that kind of level, um, you, you, you had a new experience at this Olympics that, you know, I don't know how much thought you've given to this, but um, you coached someone who then in turn coached an Olympic gold medalist. Oh, <laughs> yeah. And I speak, you know, I'm speaking of, uh, of Casey Cunningham, the assistant at Penn state, who's in the corner for David Taylor. Yeah. You know, that's, you know, and that's interesting. You bring that up because um, you know what I was thinking um, and talk about Casey real quick in a second, but what I was thinking, and I want to give a shout out to all of those personal coaches too. You know, we just talked a lot about the individual athletes, but I'm telling you the amount of time and investment that those coaches put into those, those athletes, wrestlers, you know, uh, is, is phenomenal. I mean, I know, Casey, you know, I saw him uh, earlier this summer at an event and, um, you know, I'm asking him how his family's doing. He said, you know, they're doing great, but he doesn't get to see him that often because there's this training camp and that training camp. And then he's doing this, you know, it just was a summer leading up to the Olympics where my goodness, the man was gone, you know, he was gone more than he was at home. And, and so, um, you know, a shout out to every one of those personal coaches who, who was with those, those athletes at the Olympics, they, they deserve a huge shout out for their commitment uh, as well. Um, but yeah, Casey was first national champ, uh, at central Michigan. I was a young assistant coach and, and, um, Casey was a trailblazer, you know, um, won a national title his senior year at 157 pounds and, you know, hardworking guy that, uh, you know, I have a lot of respect for what he's done, you know what I mean? Where he's come from and the work he's put in. And, um, you know, like I said, the, the work that goes into that. So, so a lot of respect, for the coaches who develop these relationships with these kids. And then, uh, and I call them kids. They're not kids. They're men and women. Um, they're always kids when they come in though. Right. That's what you got to understand. They're like, seven, well, but, but you're old. Years old coming in. Yes. Yes. That's that's old. Gable's still only 21, but, but he's a man, he's a man. So, yes, uh, sir. but yeah, I mean, you, you, you start with these, these young people, right. And there's, they're, they're super young. You're recruiting them when they're 15, 16, maybe they're in your program at 17. And so you go on that journey together, right? Like that's what I love about the sport of wrestling. That's what I love about, you know, Casey is you go on these journey with these athletes together, you know, you're there to support them and help guide them. And, and you tell them you're going to be there every step of the way. And, and that's what I, what's what I like about, you know, Casey, as well as these other coaches, you know, uh, like we said, you know, uh, Brad Harper, you know, he's coaching high school, but he's still putting a lot in with, with Sarah Hildebrandt. He's been there every step of the way. And that's what I appreciate about the sport is those relationships and that commitment and in, in the relationship you build with those, those kids. Yeah. I think, you know, you bring up Sarah and I think that's an interesting point. You know, you look at a young woman who has trained at the highest level and, you know, has traveled all over the world, all over the country to, to train with different people. And uh, she gets her shot to go to the Olympics and, and who she take with her. She -hmm. takes the guy with her that's been there from, from when she first laced him up, you know, in high school and and all coming up. And I thought that was, um, I thought that was really, really cool. No doubt. No doubt. As had been the case too, with, uh, I point to JB, right. He did a majority of his career until just this year with, with Nebraska. And then mm-hmm. that, that's what I like, because as I said, the investment is high. Like these kids come through your program 
and you've known them since they were teenagers and you're like you said you're on a journey together and that's that's what it's about you know that's that's what i think i really appreciate about about the sport yeah um core you got anything else today you know we're <laughs> you mentioned already coach so we're running long um <laughs> i don't know that we want to get into rtcs and their role in the success here but i feel like that's uh that's a longer topic than we've probably got time for today we might have to push that one to 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 next episode. Nope, that's great. I know we got long-winded uh, today, but but very deserving, you know, and very exciting to talk about the, the Olympics and the success we had. I mean, we can only Absolutely. do this every four years or so, so. Yeah. <laughs> Not like it's a regular thing. No, right. Well, three years now, it's coming fast, right? Yep. Paris will be here before we know it. Can't wait. So, I will say, I got to ask you guys this. I got into a bit of a, uh, a Twitter spat. Uh-oh. right before we got on the show so i have to ask you guys this question um you, you can go vote on the twitter poll when <laughs> i say the black album what art what musical artist do you think of tony i don't got one i don't you, think you, you can't ask me a musical question my wife would tell you i'm tone deaf and i i, I know nothing so it's metallica is that no, it's, it's Jay-Z. No, it's Metallica. No, it's, it's Jay-Z. Okay, but it's Metallica, so. <laughs> you, and, you and Paul Sadler can go have fun together. It's the single greatest workout album ever, front to back. If you say so. If you put that on in the weight room, I'm going to go move some serious iron right now. <laughs> and I'm, I'm an old, broken down man. I won't see you there. Okay. You see, yeah, Tanner's deflated now. See, he was hoping to get the win now i don't know that i was really hoping i i mean like i said there's a twitter poll out there that Sadler posted and and i haven't really been following it too closely because we've been on the show obviously but uh i'm i'm really interested to see what the masses say who put up the poll you sadler sadler okay Um, go vote against me thanks a lot i appreciate it yes because you're wrong sorry (laughs) you can ask my wife it's not the first time no, that's, uh, Metallica's winning. It's not close. Okay. So disappointing. So disappointing. <laughs> so oh, Lord. All right. That's all I got. All right. We'll leave it there. We're gonna we're gonna use some uh, some Metallica-like music on the outro here, <laughs> guys. It's been great. We'll uh, we'll see y'all down the road. Boiler up. <laughs>